Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. Will you join with me? Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. The peace of Christ be with you. Let us begin in quiet, allowing ourselves about three deep breaths that we might be more fully aware of the Spirit's presence in, with, and among us. Friends, let us worship in beloved community. Good morning, would you please join me in our call to worship. This is the sacred season of Lent. This is when we stand apart so we can look at our lives from afar. This is when we follow Jesus into the wilderness. This is when we brave our wilderness faces and sufferings. This is when we reconnect with God. This is when we mindfully walk together one two three when we are living it is in christ jesus and when we're
Welcome to worship at Westminster Presbyterian Church. However you are joining us, whenever you're joining us, it is good to be with you. If you're new to Westminster, I invite you to head on over to our website, wpctiburon.org. We can find out a whole lot more about our church community. Let's join together now in our community prayer. Let us pray. Our Lenten journey in the wilderness calls us to consider what our walk in this world is about. It calls us to reconsider our priorities, commitments, and our values. The life of faith is an earnest path, but not an easy path. While following Jesus comes with enormous healing and assurance, it also comes with its share of challenge. Forgive us for deceiving ourselves or one another about what this path entails. Free us and equip us to walk this road wherever it leads, knowing nothing, not even death, can separate us from you. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Amen. Friends, hear the good news. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. We are set free. We are made new each and every day. Thanks be to God. Amen. Okay. I want to welcome any of our children who are worshiping with us, whether you're worshiping with us online Join us closer to the screen. And if you're worshiping with us on one of our podcasts, why don't you put your ear even closer to the speaker for our time of discovery. As you can see, we are here again with our pretend superheroes and our pretend friends because our real superheroes, all of you, are still not here. But the good news is next week you get to be in this room again with us You don't get to be on the floor yet up here, but you'll get to see the superheroes, the pretend ones, and you'll get to see each other, the real superheroes, in person again with a mask and all that kind of stuff. And that's wonderful, isn't it? So thank you again, real superheroes, for getting us through these hard times. You've been working hard. I know 
on schoolwork and taking care of family and friends and neighbors, even though you don't get to do all the fun stuff you used to, uh, hopefully we'll get to the end of this sooner than later, right? Well, uh, yes, Thor, you had a question. I'm sorry, yes, Thor. Um, that's right, we do have some new friends today. Barbie, could you introduce us to your new friend? Her name is Barbie also? Wow, guess what? <laughs> Go figure. Three Barbies. It's like you're tri And you are triplets. That's right, Spider-Man. We've got three Spider-Mans here. Are you Spider-Men or Spider-Mans? Spider-Mans. Okay. Yes, Iron Man, you're right. There's only one of you. I'm sorry. But you have all those cool little robots that you build sometimes. Black Panther, you're right. I'm sorry. There's only one of you. We're not going to get into all that. We've got three Barbies and three Spider-Mans. Well, we have been talking a lot about prayer lately. And I wonder, yes, Barbie, yes. Oh, it's Barbie's birthday. That's why you're here. What a great idea to bring Barbie to church for her birthday. What a great time. It's not actually your birthday today. When is your birthday, new Barbie? It's in March night. Wow, okay, guess what? Barbie's birthday is coming up real soon, and she's celebrating it uh, with us here. You know what I think we should do? That's right, Batman. We should sing Happy Birthday. Can you all sing with me? Would you mind singing with me Happy Birthday to Barbies, even though it's in the next couple weeks? Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday, dear Barbie. Happy Birthday to you. You know, I was just about to say that when we, uh, we've been talking about prayer in Sunday school the last couple weeks, and a lot of times people only pray about sad things or things that make us, uh, about things that hurt or boo-boos and when we want God's help. But I know God loves us so much and loves talking to us that I think God wants to talk about the good things too. What do you think it would be like if we prayed about Barbie's birthday and about having the Spider-Man triplets here. What do you think that would be like? That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Well, I tell you what, let's pray. Can I try to pray for Barbie's birthday? Okay, let's pray. God, thank you for Barbie, bringing us Barbie so long ago and the friend that she is to us. God, we especially thank you for our real friends who are getting us through hard times. Amen. There are lots of fun and good things that God would love to talk to us about. What do you think some of them might be? Those are good ideas. Yeah. Do you have any ideas about fun things that we could pray about with God? Well, you can go to our church's YouTube channel after this or listen to us on our other podcasts and go to your Sunday school lesson where we're going to talk even more about praying about fun things and celebration with our God. As we come to our time of joys and concerns today, I'd like to start with a joy. Many of you probably heard that last week Marin County moved into the red tier. That means that we are cleared to begin worshiping in person, indoor, in the sanctuary. We can worship at 25% of the sanctuary's capacity. 
So we will begin indoor worship next week, March 7th. All the COVID safety protocols will be followed, and this includes needing to sign up in advance if you want to attend worship in the sanctuary. We have to keep very close track of our numbers, so a sign up in advance is required. The sign up link was sent in our e-news last week. It was posted on our Facebook page. It will be on our website soon, or you can just be in touch with me if you don't can't find the link or having trouble with the link, let me know you would like to sign up for worship and we will get you signed up. So in-person worship beginning next week, March 7th, it will be at 10 a.m. Now we realize that some of you aren't yet comfortable coming to worship indoor and that is fine. So we are also gonna offer an online worship option that will move to 9 a.m. You can worship online on Facebook, on YouTube, on Zoom the first Sunday of each month. That will all remain the same. It will simply move to 9 a.m. Of course, once worship is posted on Facebook and on YouTube, you can watch it anytime you want. But we do look forward to being together in person again. Now moving from a joy to a deep concern, and that is the realization that the United States marked 500,000 COVID-related deaths last week. What a devastating number. And so certainly we hold in prayer all of those who have had a loved one, a friend, a family member die from COVID. And I know that has been many of you. So we continue to hold our country, our world in our prayers as we struggle with this devastating pandemic. So if you have a joy or a concern that you would like to share, if you're watching on Facebook, type it into the comment section. Uh, give us a call, send us an email this week so we can be in prayer together. So as we join in prayer, let's begin with just a few moments of quiet so that you may offer whatever prayer is on your heart today and then I will lead us in prayer together. So let us pray. Loving God, today we hear these familiar words from Jesus, take up your cross and follow me. Those words are not necessarily easy to hear. And so we confess to you our fears, our weakness, our hesitation. Help us, O oh God, to find strength deep within our souls. Help us to know that we do not take this Lenten journey alone. May we find in you the courage and the hope to follow Jesus always. And hear us now, O oh God, as together we pray the prayer that your Son taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I would now like to introduce to you Glenn Burke. If you are new to the Westminster congregation, you may not have met Glenn yet, but here he is to share a little update with you. Hello, I'm Glenn Burke and I'm a Presbyterian, but don't ask me to spell it. I've spent the last three and a half years in Austin, Texas with uh, my wife, Patty, a couple of chocolate Labrador retrievers and a lot of visit time with our children. It's been a wonderful three and a half years, but we are now back in Marin and we're really, really happy to be back here. And I am happy to be back in my home church.
I'm Ava Warga, and today I will be reading our first scripture reading coming from Genesis chapter 17. Please listen to what the Spirit is saying to us. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I'm God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you and will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. For an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your offspring after you. God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of people shall come from her. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Praise. The second reading comes from Mark's Gospel, the 8th chapter, verses 31 to 38. Listen for what the Spirit is saying to us right now. And Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man, the Son of Humanity, must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed. And after three days, rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Jesus called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Humanity will also be ashamed when this one comes in the glory of his Father and the holy angels. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. In the effort of doing the right thing, have you ever made a great sacrifice, undergone some suffering, really endured something of weight, and it didn't even work out in the end. And so you found yourself in the position of wondering, well, what was all that for? I feel a little that way about how COVID has gone in this culture. Some made great sacrifices. Others, for whatever reason, chose not to. And because we couldn't get it together as a people, we've lost thousands of lives that we didn't have to lose. 500,000 people 
was the mark we reached this week. You, you know it as well as I. But the moment we start talking about numbers, of course, it just sort of washes over us and we, our eyes kind of glaze over and we lose perspective of the fact that each number was life. A life as precious and as sacred and as interesting as yours or mine. What went wrong? Of course, the answer to that question is complex. More than I can handle here, of course. But at least a piece, a significant piece, and a deeply spiritual piece is the aversion to suffering and sacrifice for what we know is good and right and will serve the greater whole. The aversion to that, it's deep within us. But I don't want to do that, people will say. Oh, but that's hard, or I shouldn't have to. Yes, sacrifice is hard. Interestingly, people often turn to spirituality to avoid some of the suffering of this life, and there's wisdom in that. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Some of us have felt that deep rest. And yet Jesus is just as clear that this path will involve hardship, suffering, sacrifice. And it's not just Christianity. If you want to start shopping around, all the traditions understand this at their core. What's the first noble truth in the Buddhist teachings? There is suffering. Suffering happens. It just is. And yet we're so conditioned to want to avoid it. And it's not just us. What is it that causes Peter to rebuke Jesus? To rebuke Jesus. It's not a prophetic claim he makes. It's not a challenging teaching he offers that's going to require uh, some great uh, abandoning of practices or values. He's actually, at first, just talking about himself. He says that he will have to undergo great suffering, rejection by people who are in charge, who are popular and powerful. Ultimately says he's going to have to die and Peter can't stand it. But this isn't how it's supposed to work. You're one of the good ones. You're, you're the good one. You're not supposed to suffer. And so often in saying something like that, what we're also saying is, I shouldn't have to suffer, should I? I, I did what was right, or I intended what was right. I meant, well, isn't that something? I want to be clear that the life of faith, the spiritual path, does not lead us to suffering for suffering's sake, as if somehow that is God's delight. Rather, it's just what happens when you dedicate your life to God and to the good. It just is. When I was younger, there were these television shows after school that were aptly named after school specials. Looking back, I think they were probably there to uh, 
instill some morality, particularly for those children who came home uh, to an empty house with no adults there. And these after-school specials followed this predictable moral arc. Uh, the child, who would be the, the central figure in the episode, would be faced with some moral challenge. They knew what was right, but they also knew that doing what was right would involve some hard consequences. They would have to sacrifice to do what they needed to do. Now, they always made the right choice, eventually, willing to suffer the consequences. And yet, mysteriously, as if by magic, those hard consequences would evaporate or be shared or spread out or would somehow weigh less. It was the proverbial having your cake and eating it too. That's a wholesome message. It also largely doesn't comport with reality. Because reality, as we all know, is that often when we do those right things and make those sacrifices, the suffering does come. We will be overlooked for the promotion. We might miss out on the recognition and the attention and the glory that we seek. We may not earn what someone else earns, the consequences are real. It doesn't make it any less right to do what is right. The challenge is that we have uh, built this whole society around avoiding this kind of suffering. And it's really not just us. As I mentioned earlier, it goes deep. Peter rebukes Jesus for it. And when Peter does, Jesus turns around and doesn't offer him a protracted lesson. He calls him Satan. Seems awfully harsh. This is Peter. Jesus calls him Satan. Is Jesus cruel? Well, actually, Satan is the perfect name to call Peter. Not because he's cruel, but because he's accurate. The word Satan just means adversary. Satan is the tempter. And that's exactly what Peter is trying to do to Jesus, to tempt him to avoid the suffering that he could avoid if he just makes some different choices, maybe less good choices, but certainly less painful choices. And that's exactly what the devil does with Jesus in the desert. Lent is fashioned after this season in which Jesus goes into the desert. And he is tempted to avoid the suffering of this world, to gain all the riches and power if he would just give over his allegiance. But Jesus says time and again a resounding no. His integrity is worth more than that. In Lent, the season that we've entered now that leads up to Easter, we are trying to mirror that time in Jesus' life in the desert. It's about getting clear about who we are and whose we are and what our priorities will be. Now this Lent, as Bethany introduced to us last week, we will be following the promptings of liturgical scholar and teacher Marcia McPhee, 
who is leading us to ask not what will we give up for this Lent, but what is Jesus up to? What is Jesus up to? Well, he's up to a, a number of things when he goes to the desert. He's up to prayer, spending dedicated time to strengthen that connection with God, to open himself to a greater wisdom and a greater spirit. He goes to get clear about who he is. He's up to fasting, but not fasting to lose weight. He's fasting to gain spiritual substance. And he goes to the desert to face his demons. That's who he encounters there. Now, that talk is strange and foreign to us, but it wouldn't have been to the ancients. They spoke of demons all the time. The word demon just comes from a Greek word that means spirit. They understood that the world was filled with spirits, that we were filled with spirits, some of them good and kind and wise and helpful and others sick or unwell or perverted or twisted or even evil. It's sort of fitting to talk about demons as being inside us because so often the things that we face in this life that are scariest, that are our demons, truly do come out of us. Our deepest fears, our greatest insecurities. Jesus goes into the desert to face those things and face them he does. And any of us who want to follow him and grow spiritually, we must face them too. For those of you who are Star Wars fans, this is the scene in the cave when Luke is training to be a Jedi master, right? He goes into the cave, and what does he face? His own greatest fears projected. It's the classic hero's conquest arc. And following that arc, the hero must conquer those demons. That's one way to do it. Another way, and perhaps a more spiritual way, would be to befriend them, to become familiar with the demons inside, to listen for what they're trying to say and for the pain from which they're growing. We have to go there and face those things, but we don't want to, because we're taught not to. Society has built a whole system to help us avoid that. We've built a whole economy to try to avoid our suffering. Now, I'm not down on everything modern. Thank goodness for modern medicine in these times especially, for some of the, the comforts and gifts that we've been able to develop that help us avoid suffering, absolutely. But we can't avoid the hard choices we have to make and the sacrifice that is intrinsic to doing what is right and what is necessary. I'll use an example from an area about which I care a great deal, and you know this. The environmental movement means a lot to me because I really think all other movements sort of hinge on this one. But notice how scarce talk of sacrifice is. 
We'll talk about maintaining our standard of life, about having all the things we want to have, especially we who are at the top. We don't want to give up anything. We want to find a way to have our cake and eat it too, have our cars and have clean air. But if you're serious, and if you spend any time with the science, you will know that if we are going to avoid the worst of the consequences that we're facing, we will have to make not just minor sacrifices, but significant life-altering sacrifice. But you hear little of that. In our Old Testament reading today, God says to Abram, walk before me and be blameless. God doesn't say walk and be painless. Where else are we not willing to talk about the sacrifices we need to be making? And how is that causing suffering now and in the future for our shared world? What is Jesus up to? Jesus is up to showing us how to sacrifice for what is good, what is faithful, what is true, what is just. Now, I know there is a danger in telling other people the goodness of sacrifice, even in me doing so right now to you, not knowing your full story. For some have been made to sacrifice far more than their share. So I recognize that and trust you with your journey. All I'm merely doing is lifting up the reality that while indeed this path leads to an empty tomb, it does so by way of the cross. But finally, wouldn't you know, wouldn't you know that as Jesus talks on, he says, those of you who would lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, for what is good, We'll save it. And so just a little bit, like that after school special, the consequences, or at least their weightiness, mysteriously evaporate. No, you will not inherit the riches of this world. I won't lie to you about that. But you will inherit truer riches. And at the end, all along, you'll know it was worth it. Amen.
is so good to worship with you and has been wonderful to worship with you virtually. We are really looking forward to worshiping with some of you, at least in person, even next week. Again, please help us by signing up ahead of time. You should see a sign-up link. Uh, if you're worshiping with us live on Facebook or YouTube, you should see a sign-up link in the comments box right now. Of course, you can go to wpctiburon.org and get that. Uh, and as a part of our worship service, there is some information here for how to give an offering as we continue to support this community and the work of this church family of Westminster. Whether you, and if you're listening to us on a podcast platform, of course, you can find us on wpctiburon.org slash give. You can mail your contribution. You can text to give. There are many ways to contribute. And those things that you contribute to are things like our Spiritual Life Commission doing a spring or doing a, a Lenten, I'm getting my, my holidays here mixed up, my, a Lenten series after a wonderful Advent series. This Lent series will feature speakers and movements and practices. And next Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, March 2nd at 6 p.m., what does it mean to pray with images? So join, please join for that. Also, our Council of Dads was meeting recently, and we were talking about just a lot of the struggles that teenagers are going through given this pandemic and not being with one another, not being able to spread their wings, not being able to play sports with one another and how difficult that's been for them. And some of the granddads that are in that group said, can we just write them letters? And of course, the answer is yes. Uh, our faith began with apostles writing letters to those who were going through difficult times. So if you also are interested in writing a letter to one of our youth, please email me, jeff at wpctibron.org, and I would be happy to help you out with that and put you in touch with someone. I know that it will be much appreciated by our youth. Um, we continue to find other ways to serve the community. If, if you or someone likes to help in some other way, uh, we continue to collect diapers on Tuesdays and bag lunches on Tuesdays. We also collect bag lunches on Wednesdays, but you have to sign up for that one. My little reminder for that. And thank you for the ways you lift up this community of faith, the way you lift up our neighbors in our community. And so may we close our service by lifting one another up with our closing song, You Are My All in All. Bless you.
I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. And now receive this benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, who is Father and Mother of us all, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit be with you this day and every day. Amen. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me. When the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering. Blessed be your name. Will you join with me? Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me. When the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. 
Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name.